Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Dominic Harris, one of the co-founders of Carbon Quota, um, who's here to talk to us today about the importance of uh, sustainability and what Carbon Quota do and what carbon footprinting <laughs> is all about. Um, and some of the integration work that we've done as well. Uh, yeah, thank um, you. Thanks so, so much for asking me to come along. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to have you here, uh, Dominic. Uh, and and, and it's, it's good to be able to be talking about some mm-hmm. of the work that we've been doing for a while now. Um, so perhaps a, a good starting point is, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah. Carbon Quota. What yeah, no, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of the business. Yeah. I, I come from the printing sector. Interesting fact that I, I started an apprenticeship when I was 16 in the printing sector as a lifeographic planner and you're much younger than me so you won't even know what a lifeographic oh, planner is <laughs> so i've been in the sector i'm very passionate about the sector and you know more recently what we did is we we were looking at a project for a customer where we were asked what the carbon footprint was of a certain product it was yeah. actually um we had a similar question on two sides we were asked what the carbon footprint was of a a, a c5 DM pack. Yeah, direct mail pack. Yeah, yeah direct mail pack. Um, but equally, we were asked from another customer what a big FSD, what the carbon footprint was of a large FSDU was for, for like an Easter egg yeah. display. Okay. And um, this is going back three or four years. We were asked what was the carbon footprint and we couldn't find the answer. Yeah. And what we established very quickly was the data that was available wasn't the right data. Yeah. It wasn't accurate enough. It was based on averages. Uh-huh. Some of the data actually came out of a study that was carried out in Switzerland in 1981. Right. So very old, you yeah. know, different country. So we established very quickly there was a gap in the market. So we spent a year in R&D, um, research and development, where we tasked our scientists to build our our methodology yeah. and our scientific database and um, launched the business about a year and a half ago middle of covid craziest thing anybody can ever do yeah. launch a business during covid but um it's gone from strength to strength and what we found is that we've launched a business that has a requirement it's a very topical subject yeah. clearly you know everybody you know understands carbon um so you know the market conditions were correct you know having a environmental approach to printing has been around for a long time yeah and you know you may remember beacon press sort of you know, back in the days when they were printing reporting accounts. So yeah. it, it's a subject that's been in our industry for a long, long time. But in the past couple of years, the subject of carbon in relation to printing yeah. is becoming more and more important. So yeah. we we built the business, we launched the business, and we're dealing with over 200 printer companies mm. across Europe now. So yeah. we've got a very wide range of customers um, and really, really excited, you know, the piece of work we've done with you guys to integrate our technology with your technology yeah. that, that serves up carbon footprints to faster users, which yeah. is very, very yeah. exciting indeed. But 
pretty much at the touch of a button. Really uh, touch of a button, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's what is really great is, you know, all of the estimators are still doing what they do. They don't mm-hmm. have to do anything extra. Yep. Um, that just then talks to, mm-hmm. to carbon quota in the background and, and yeah. generates what the carbon footprint is. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's the holy grail. It's the holy grail on, on, on the estimates. Somebody, that somebody that has no training whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. It's a subject that's terribly complex mm. and scientific. Yeah. But somebody with no training in the subject yeah. can create a carbon footprint because of the enormous amount of data yeah. that is stored in Tharston. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. Yeah. It allows them to self-serve and yeah. get the carbon footprint. Okay. Well, that's really, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's mm. good to know a bit about what, you know, how carbon quota came about yeah. and spot that gap and think, actually, we can do something about this. It's, it's really, uh, really interesting to hear. So... For people that are listening, we, we, I think we're all conscious of you know the, the movement that's going on and, and uh, the you know government initiatives and things like that and the, the target to get to carbon you know net zero uh, carbon yep. neutral. But why is this important for a print business? What you know carbon footprints in what's yeah I think um, so everybody in your personal or business life has a obligation to be more sustainable right i'm going back to real basics is that you know this is the 101 on global warming so whether you choose to have any you know electric vehicle at home or not you know everybody out everybody's thinking about this stuff it's clearly over the past three or four years the pressure has increased on industry and certainly during COP26 in November last yeah. year was almost the peak of that pressure. Yeah. Now, we saw the pressure before then, but but the fact that COP26 was such a public, you yeah. know, sort of platform, it was on the news every night, everybody understood it. Yeah. It's really helped because the average person on the street now yeah. has learned an awful amount about what carbon means. Yeah. And they've taken it back into their industry. Mm. So from an industry perspective, if you compare a carbon footprint to a, of a house versus a factory, mm. you know they're chalk and cheese. The house yeah. is very, very small yeah. compared to a factory. Yeah. So actually, when you look at global warming, which is created by carbon emissions, yeah. that whole principle is you've got to decarbonize everything you do personally. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. But more importantly, you've got to decarbonize industry. Mm. So, and when I say industry, it's not just printing, it's every industry yeah. in the world. Um, and it's not just how you print a job, it could be the paper, it could be the delivery. So our sector was very big, you know, certainly in the UK, you yeah. know, the last count we saw was 7,000 printers in the UK. Yeah. You know, there are loads of printers where we're, you know, a very buoyant industry. Yeah. You know, the sector prints everything from books through to financial, through to direct marketing there's lots of display material and yeah. point of sale so it's a very diverse sector yeah, as well yeah um, it's very material hungry yeah so you know lots of input materials that go into the product clearly to state the obvious so and actually it's a very carbon intense industry yeah now that is the opportunity here that given the industry emits a lot of carbon from material manufacturer and production mm print product gets delivered or posted and that has a carbon impact given the industry is very carbon intense i think the opportunity for the industry is to show leadership yeah to the wider manufacturing sector yeah and and the stuff we've done with the integration into Tharston certainly helps the industry move at a rate of knots it yeah. actually the solution that 
that customers can get is really quite quite leading edge yeah. from a technology point of view. Um, and it really helps that the sector can get their arms around the carbon footprint. They can understand how to produce work in a lower carbon way. Yeah. They can understand how to decarbonize their business. And it's just the right thing for the planet. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's, for me, I think there has definitely been a, a, a very clear change in narrative mm -hmm. that over the years, I think, you know, tackling climate change the emphasis has often been put on the individual, that the person, that the consumer. Don't fly, don't yeah, do this, yeah, don't you know, but, you know, and, and that has its place, and we all, you know, consumers, obviously, you know, individuals need to do their bit, but there's only ever going to be so much that, yeah. that, that, that even collectively individuals mm. can, can achieve. Mm. And I think that, that change in narrative is very much about actually the responsibility lies with with government with 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 industry yeah uh with, you know the big organizations Absolutely. because they're the ones that are going to be able to uh make bigger bigger impact uh and and, and that you know that is it, it ties in doesn't it it's, yeah. it's, it is going to be partly consumer driven mm. right you know retail in particular have got mm. to think about the demands of their consumers mm. but other industries that aren't so driven by consumerism that, that, that they've got that yeah I think it comes to both sides and I think that's what I've yeah. you, you kind of see that narrative change and, and I was reading a, um, an interesting book actually that talked about the, the term of like global warming mm -hmm. and climate change and this lab in, 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 uh, in America where they kind of they, they do it a lot for like um, politics and, mm -hmm. and campaigns and stuff to work out which wording it has the most impact okay yeah. so, so they, they have this laboratory and they have like you know thousands of or hundreds of people in, and, and they they test the reactions it has on people by using certain wording mm -hmm. and one of the things that it's, it was kind of almost like no accident that climate change was a word used because it doesn't invoke mm -hmm. that much reaction to it it's just it's quite soft isn't yeah. it you know same with global warming it's just it's just something mm -hmm. that's happening and, mm -hmm. and the, it's, it's something somebody else is fixing yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just mm -hmm. it, it's just it's just there and it's nothing too much to worry about it's just it's change it's, it's mm. warming whereas when they use the word climate crisis mm. uh, and, and you're starting to see this come about more in news now where they refer to climate crisis and you know the narrative yeah, has changed, changed yes. that when they did the test of that wording mm. it actually evoked a much stronger reaction of, of like mm. there's a crisis that you know we need to do something about yeah. it it's not too late Mm. to do something about it and it was really interesting listening to that that the, the power of them words and, and the power of the change of narrative of mm. it's government and industry that need to lead this not the individual and that's because that, that that's probably come from cop 26 yeah. last year is so if it's around that time because it is a crisis yeah. ultimately and one of the outcomes of cop was you know, there's a net zero target yeah. of 2050, mm -hmm. okay, which is a, a UK-wide target and a, every other country have got their own net yeah. zero targets. And that is very, very ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, and, and net zero means that we are operating our business and operating our personal lives without emitting any yeah. greenhouse gases. Yeah. So... No, we don't even know how we're going to get there. Yeah, the technology doesn't even exist for a first time. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. It hasn't been invented yet. But so the urgency actually is the next ten years because in twenty, yeah, you know, twenty fifty. When you say even say twenty fifty, it's such a long way yeah. away. It's in the future. Yeah. 
But if you say the next 10 years, and that's the important thing for our sector, for the print sector, mm. is to focus on what we're doing in the next 10 years, because that's achievable, it's deliverable, yeah. you know, and, and everybody can plan certain things that they need to do at a certain time yeah. over that 10-year period. Yeah. It's a period we can all recognise and relate to. Um, and ultimately, it comes down to that 10-year period, they need to decarbonise. So they need to find ways over the next 10 years to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions, everything they do within their factory. Yeah. So it could be something as simple as changing a light bulb to an LED bulb. Yeah. And that's very straightforward, relatively cheap to do, and very quick to do. Yeah. And that has, that has an impact, yeah. especially if you've got a very big factory mm. and you change all the light bulbs, it has a very big For impact. a small thing, it can be quite, um, compound, quite yeah. a compounding impact. It can be. Yeah. Um, things like changing to electric vehicles. Mm. Um, if you've got a company car fleet, that's more complex to do. Yeah. Um, electric cars, we know they're not perfect. We know there's lots of challenges around the range. How do you charge them? They're very expensive to buy. They're, you know, there's lots of inherent challenges when you look at electric cars. But if I, you know, if a printing business has a fleet of 15 BMWs that are yeah. diesel, and those BMWs are due for renewal over the next five years, we would always recommend, as part of the service we offer, we would always recommend that that they make decisions either to switch to hybrid or straight to EV. Hybrid is a nice stepping stone to yeah. EV. It's you know, you know, it's a bit of middle ground. But ultimately, if that's if that car is in a lease of three or five years, mm. a business is not going to change that car mid-lease. Yeah. So that's why the 10-year plans is the best way to do it, because yeah. there are certain things that you just cannot change immediately. Yeah. And the best example, actually, and this is this will relate to a printing business or somebody's you know personal life yeah. is is gas central heating. Yeah. Most of us have gas central heating. That is very very complex to change. Yeah. It's complex to change in in, in any house. Yeah. But it's even more complex to change in a very large factory. Yeah. But ultimately, gas is actually very bad for the environment. Mm. It's very bad from a you know greenhouse gas perspective. It's something we've got to do. Yeah. yeah. But how we do it, we don't know yet. But again, that plays into when you're a business that's managing and reducing its carbon, it's not a single task. It's a mindset change. Yeah. We've got to change the way we behave. It's got to have leadership support. Mm-hmm. It's got to have you know employee support. Yeah. It's something that has to become part of the DNA of the business because every little thing helps. Equally, some of the big things help, and the big things can be expensive. So yeah. having that support from you know your chief exec, you know down to the most junior person, is a critical part of the strategy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's um, essentially like you say, the gas industry. You know, so like other industries have been affected by the science. So in the construction industry. I think it's twenty by twenty twenty six that any new build houses uh, they can't install mm-hmm. gas boilers, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, so it's being phased out. Yeah, it's being phased out. Being phased out, and yeah. then eventually there's mm-hmm. probably going to be some strategy for yep. replace, replacing gas boilers in existing houses and with, yeah. with, with electric or, or mm-hmm. you know other other sources. Um, so yeah, it, it is like I say that the. the the direction everything is going and I think it's really interesting to, to think about that 10 year rather than the it, 20 it's just easier to get your head yeah. into it isn't it 10 years is easier to quantify than 50 years and it's almost like that yeah. 10 year as well that like that, when we talked before you we, we talked about this you know it needs to be like a downward yeah that you know trajectory on, on if you would mm. plot it on a graph the carbon footprints high up here it yeah. needs to, to, to get in towards zero 
and actually maybe the first 10 years is actually the, where it needs to be the steepest decline. Yeah, they call it, a, it's called, technically, it's called the net zero pathway. Yeah. So get from where we are today to 2050 yeah. is referred to as a net zero pathway. Yeah. And Ross, you're absolutely right. If you can make some big ticket wins yeah. in the first 10 years, yeah. that really will support the fact that we don't know how we're going to get to net zero, yeah. you know, after 10 years. We know what's ahead of us. We know mm. what we can do for the next 10 years because, the you know, the technology exists. What you can do is plan for something you don't know that yeah. it's not going to happen in yeah. 20 years' time. So, yeah. you know, you know that's the principle. And you may well, in the next 10 years, you may make some big changes to switching. For example, if you switch from standard tariff electricity yeah. as a printing company yeah if you switch from standard tariff electricity to a green tariff electricity yeah well that completely removes your carbon footprint yeah but it costs more money yeah so and that's a real challenge in today's environment that energy prices are going up anyway as we all know mm. and what i've just suggested yeah and i suggest to many of our customers is, is that they should switch to green tariff yeah so um, it, it can be challenging. The same as switching to solar. It's mm. complex. It's not, it's not appropriate for all buildings. Yeah. Some buildings can have it. Some buildings can. Mm. It doesn't always deliver all the energy needs of that printer. Yeah. So it's, it's all about building the strategy, the right strategy for that particular yeah. factory. Yeah. And you've just touched on a point there that is, you know, as an organisation, you, you may well want, you may already be doing something about this or or you may have an aspiration to do this because you feel like it, it's the, the right thing to do and it's just something that you want to do mm -hmm. for just for pure you know corporate social responsibility but but why that that's a really interesting point yeah. that changing energy for example to is going to increase this cost so what why do it when, yeah. when you're trying to you're yeah. sat around a boardroom table mm. and, and trying to justify as a business why should we do this as a business? What, what, yeah. what would you advise me? Many answers, many answers to this one. So, so the first one is you have to want to do. Yeah. You're supporting the globe, you know, the climate crisis yeah. as an organisation. Yeah. That that is the first emotive yeah. to thing. Tackle that, yeah. yeah, to tackle it. Of course, that's the right thing to say. More importantly, I think, and and, and we're seeing a lot of this yeah. that. The mega businesses, the mm. big the big brands that are many printers customers, whether they are a retailer, whether they're a, you know one of the supermarkets or whether it's Nestle or Procter yeah. and Gamble, all of those organizations have very defined mm. carbon reduction plans. Yeah. Last week I saw a very good example of this, that those organizations are insisting that their supply chain, i.e. the printers, yeah have a decarbonisation plan. Right. So so the principle with carbon is that if you are, let's say you are you make a toothpaste tube. Yeah. Um and beginning with C. Okay. okay if if you're the owner of that brand, you're yeah. responsible for the carbon footprint of that toothpaste. Yeah. Okay. So the owner of the brand owner owns the carbon footprint yeah. and they're responsible to reduce the carbon footprint of the toothpaste. Yeah. What that means is that brand owner is talking to the printer. 
to say, how do you reduce the carbon footprint of the box? Yeah. How do I reduce the carbon footprint of the tube? Yeah, yeah. You know, talking to you having the same conversations with the toothpaste as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what's happening is the, the pressure's been pushed down onto the supply chain. Yeah. Not just printing, every type of supplier, because it's the brand owner's reputation. Yeah. Now, somebody like a Procter & Gamble or a Unilever or a Nestle, what they've done and most, no, all big businesses have done, is that they are transparent and they publicly declare their carbon footprint. Yeah. So there are um, various charities, NGOs. Um, there's one called the Carbon Disclosure Project. Yeah. There's the Science-Based Target Initiatives. And these are very large independent bodies yeah. that collect carbon footprint data or carbon data from the mega brands. Yeah. And they publish them transparently. So something like Procter & Gamble said, say, we know we've got a problem with our carbon footprint. Mm. We're not going to hide it. We're going to be 100% transparent and tell you what our carbon footprint is. And they publicly put it onto a website. And, and they're all doing it. Every supermarket in the UK is doing it. All the retailers are doing it. Right. And more and more businesses are, are, are behaving in that way. Yeah. And that public declaration, that transparency on the carbon footprint is actually saying we're going to reduce it. Yeah. Okay. And then what they do next year is they do exactly the same. They put the carbon footprint back up onto the carbon disclosure project website or whatever you know website it might be. Um, so if that behaviour is happening at the higher echelons, yes, the mega brands, what happens is they ask for that data from their Filters supply chain. Yeah. yeah. So whether you're making bread or whether you're making toothpaste, it doesn't matter. Or whether you're making packaging. Yeah. Or labels. Yeah or printing a brochure, yeah. or a swing tag, or a piece of point of sale, that pressure's coming back down the chain. Because actually, in, in the environment of a supermarket, and all the supermarkets doing this, as I say, they're responsible for that carbon footprint. So they're asking their printers for that data. Okay. And that's how, there's a lot of that going on right yeah. now. But it's a good thing, because transparency drives better behaviour. Yes. And it's not a expectation that there's no carbon footprint. Everybody knows there's a carbon footprint yeah. to almost everything that you do. Yes. Yeah. And apart from consuming less, and we do as a society, we do consume a lot, right? We yeah. do you know, generally, especially in the past sort of ten or fifteen years, the consumption of stuff. Yeah. You know, new mobile phones every year just goes on and on, doesn't it? This yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we have to consume less, but ultimately it's about that transparency and it's about understanding where are the problem points in the supply chain, how can we change things yes. to decarbonise, and ultimately it's working collaboratively with the entire supply chain. Yeah. And the supply chain can be quite deep. So if you look at a if you take one supermarket and think of a poster that sits outside a supermarket, that'll go through a design agency that has a carbon footprint. Yeah. It'll go through a pre-press, has a carbon footprint. Yeah. It'll go into the material, has a yeah. carbon footprint, the production, the tube, the pallet wrap, the delivery. It goes into store. Yeah. It then ends up at the back of the store because it's been used yeah. and it gets destroyed, has a carbon footprint. Yeah. So every element of that has a, if you look at each of those stages and yeah. try to reduce the carbon of the ink, of the, the box, of the palette, of the paper, yeah. the deliveries, all of those elements make quite a big difference. Mm. But do it, not just do it once, continuously do it. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's the answer to global warming. And I think that's the thing, it, it, it's data driven, isn't it? It is, yeah, it has it, to be. It, If you can measure it, you can manage it, 
you can we love that show yeah. <laughs> we, we, we certainly do yeah. management information software is what we're all about so yeah um but yeah it, it's um but it's true it, yeah. it, by by turning it into a, mm. a data-driven uh, approach and and publicly displaying that data then it puts a commitment and a responsibility onto then well we need to demonstrate that we've, yeah. we've reduced it down um so so there's a word used quite a lot in the carbon yeah. sector that's baseline yeah and it is it's an obvious word but when we start with a new customer mm. we talk about baseline yeah and that is basically the line in the sand that yeah. you say this is our starting point yeah um, all big businesses have baselines, and it could be a baseline year. It could be a pay, you know a baseline number. Yeah. But certainly, when we engage with a new you know print business, we say let's make your baseline I know twenty twenty one. Yeah. And you measure against that, um, but that, therefore the data has to be very precise within that baseline. It's not just a top level number. It has to be a very detailed study around. What's the impact of the car fleet? What's the impact of the machines? What's the impact of the electricity, the gas, the oil, all of the things? Yeah. And that's why it's quite a you know, detailed study. And what that allows them to do is look at their, their carbon impact, how they reduce against each area, yeah. but most importantly, focus on what's referred to as a carbon hotspot. Yeah. So thy carbon footprint of the building we, we're sat in today your carbon hotspot is probably going to be electricity. Yeah. It may be gas, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So therefore, if that's where the majority of the carbon emissions come from, your 10-year plan needs to address the major areas, not the small areas. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean you ignore the small areas because yeah. the small areas are actually quite important. Yeah. But they don't have a material impact on carbon reduction. Yeah. So when you see somebody saying, for example, oh, we don't use paper cups, we use china cups in an office. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's creating a educational piece. Yeah. It has a very, very minimal impact yeah. compared to electricity. Yes. So it's all very important in the round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand. And so, so coming back to it then, what we're talking about is the why a print business should consider this and, and, and want to do this. It is the supply chain. Yeah. Um, so effectively, it's going to be customer driven. Yep. Um, but I guess also it's going to allow you to to bring more value to your customers as well. Yeah, you know, bring more value. You can potentially charge more, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, and, and be more profitable. I think it's at the moment it's not the normal. Mm. You know, and we've just launched integration to Fast, and it's a new product to market. Yeah. Completely revolutionises yeah. the way you carbon footprint, which is incredible. But it's new. Yeah, one day everybody will do it. Yeah. Okay, and it will become the norm. Yeah. So, but I think in the meantime, it's absolutely a differentiator yeah. for a printer. And I know the customers that we, you know, we've worked with so far, it becomes part of their marketing narrative. Yeah. So it's how a, you know, you know, printer A differentiates himself from printer B. Yeah. And when they then, then when printer A starts talking science. Yeah. And most importantly, they say it's been certified by Carbon Quota, which is a very, very important part of the, you know, you know, this narrative here that a yeah. third party has certified the carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, that narrative, you know, allows you to differentiate yourself and hopefully, win, you know, win more work or charge a premium for it. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely the case. What's good? Yeah, that. yeah, definitely. So, uh, so quite a few different reasons to mm. why you should consider it, and not forgetting, of course, the perception of your business. And, and the yeah. corporate social responsibility part of, of you know that's becoming more of a thing, and, and I think as well that 
one thing we know the printing industry has a challenge with is, is, is attracting new talent yep. you know in, into the industry and by by having that as part of your value as your you know your values as your business i think that is going to yeah. help you to attract new talent because certainly it, it's it's about a culture then isn't it and um and, and doing the right things certainly um the younger generation without labeling but yep. you know it's kind of well documented that millennials and gen z and, and the younger generations that are coming through what's more important to them about who they work for yep. you know who, they're, who their employer is is being being able to identify with their values above pay yep. I, that's it, absolutely it, the case um, i absolutely agree with that you know mm. and that's another reason mm. to, to make you more attractive as, as an employer isn't it yeah. you know not it's not just about attracting business and retaining business and it's not just about um, how you can take away the administrative burden mm. of this as well, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's about how, how can we be more attractive as a business to, to, to employees. Yeah. And, and it happens a lot in, in big business. If you, if you, you know, we, we have some dealings with the investment community. Mm. It actually has a, a financial, your business is valued at a higher number if you have really? a very strict yeah. 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 Now that may not necessarily impact the printing industry because yeah. you know it's not an industry that typically is you know you know VC backed yeah. such. So, but it has yeah. So it has an impact on shareholder value. Yeah. You know, um, it has an impact on employee engagement. Yeah. So whether you're retaining or want you know as you rightly said employ new people, um, it has an impact on your customer and most importantly it has an impact on the on the environment. That we always come back to that yeah. point. It always has an impact on the environment. Yeah. But it's multifaceted. Yeah. And most big businesses are doing this. Yeah. And I think you know you can. It's quite interesting. The press the press release went out about this mm. just only early earlier this week, and I was really encouraged by. Yeah. The responses that we've had so far mm. from just a, a few, you know press releases that's going out of people getting in touch saying yeah, tell, tell us more. So that that's really quite warming, quite encouraging, yeah. isn't it? That businesses are really interested in, in yeah. this. And I guess as well, you know, it, it, it is the the innovative businesses that are leading the way here. And this is what we, we like to talk about being bionic and mm. you know as a as business. But it's probably been ahead of the game as well in terms of legislation, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, it is ahead, it's ahead of government point, legislation. Yeah. At some point, the, the commitments that the governments of our government has made and other governments have made to crops and sets, that's going to have to turn into legislation, you would have thought, at some uh, yeah, point. Yeah. To, to we make, don't know how or when, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure it will turn to, into legislation. To, to make it happen. Mm. Um, at, at the moment, yes, it, it's more kind of a voluntary thing, I think, isn't mm. it? And it is, yeah. But, but you'd imagine at some point, I think you mentioned before, like some yeah, certain businesses. businesses already have a, a legislative uh, responsibility yeah. to do report on their carbon footprint and, and things like that. And that's just going to trickle yeah, down, isn't it? It's a really interesting subject legislation because there isn't a lot of, you know, as you rightly said, there's not a lot of it out there. However, despite a lack of legislation from government, and I recommend anybody who's listening to this today just google carbon sainsbury's or Mm. carbon footprint marks and spencers or and what that does it opens your eyes up to all of these organizations most large organizations are are proactively without legislation measuring transparently you know communicating what the footprint is Mm declaring what their decarbonisation programmes are, mm. they're doing it without being told to do it. Yeah. 
They're doing it because it's the right thing. Yeah. And that's just leadership. That's leadership in, you know, in yeah. a very, very large yeah. sector. I think our industry's got the opportunity to do the same. Yeah. Because the integration piece, being able to measure carbon footprints on every single estimate, yeah. it doesn't happen in other sectors that we're aware of. Yeah. It's something that the print industry's got a brilliant opportunity to yeah. show leadership you know, to the wider sector. Certainly, the print industry, if, if they're dealing with these large businesses, the print industry is going to stand out to be one of the leading industries to be able yeah. to do this. Yeah. Especially when it's a physical thing. Mm. You know, I mean, we mustn't forget this is a physical thing that we're producing. It's a book, it's a poster, it's a banner. These physical things have a natural, through the naive eye, it has a, everybody goes, is that, is that recycled or not? Is yeah. usually the question. Yeah. And, and that's fine. But naturally, people think there's a, Car, you know, there's an yeah. environmental impact, not about carbon, about a physical thing. Okay. So therefore, it's very important to yeah. demonstrate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so print business owner or part of the leadership team, they've now convinced the business that this is this is what we yep. need to do. Um, you know, they've identified the reasons why and the benefits it's going to bring to the business, and they've got the backing to do it. What would the, the next step for a business to, to go down that, that, that path? What would they do? Yeah, so typically we start with, um, and irrelevant of the size of the printing company, typically we start with what we refer to as an operational carbon footprint. Yeah. So that's a carbon footprint of their buildings, their cars, their you know their travel, yeah. all of the elements that they're, they're in control of. Yeah. Um, that's technically called scope one and two. We tend to go a little bit wider than the technicalities of scope one and two, and we include some areas of what's called scope three. Okay. And basically what we do is look at the entire operational footprint of yeah. that business. The first study we do is the baseline year. Okay, And what we typically do is look at a couple of years worth yeah. of data. So the first study we do looks at maybe if we did one today, it'll be 2020 and 2021. And what that enables us um, to do is then present back to the customer a very detailed study yeah. of what their carbon footprint is. Um, it requires the customer to collate lots of data. We'll be asking for you know, electricity information, gas information, expenses information, car information. Yeah. All of that data gets fed into us. Yeah. Um, um, we then put it through our, our analytics team and our scientific team. We then technically apply what's called an emission factor per thing. Yeah. So a gas emission factor, electricity emission factor, mileage, everything that we're you know we're measuring. And what comes out at the end is a is a number. Yeah. Your annual carbon footprint is X, yeah. eight hundred tons or a thousand tons or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, more importantly, what comes out of that is a is a breakdown of that carbon footprint. And what that enables them to do, as I said earlier, is to prioritise the objectives. Yeah. So what that does is allow a customer, a printing company, to baseline, and then every year we come back in and we reassess, reassess, and reassess. Yeah. And that's the, that's the important point. Okay. So that's the step one. When, when they're a faster user, yeah. they've got the additional opportunity yeah. for us to be able to look at... Yeah carbon footprinting at a product level. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've done the operational carbon footprint, very important part okay. to do first. What we then do is look at their suite of machines, their suite of materials, how they deliver goods, yeah. 
and we build a database yeah. that is synchronized 100% with the database within Fasten. Yeah. So the idea being is we connect that via an API application, yeah. and what that allows us to do is provide instant carbon footprint. So when the estimator yeah. is creating the estimate within the Fasten environment, he puts the specification in, and then the carbon footprint instantly appears. Yeah. So it requires no training. Yeah. No knowledge of carbon. No changing. No changing. No nothing at all. Behavior of what you need it's to all do. Good. Yeah. All, yeah. All, all the intelligent stuff happens in the background yeah. within our data and algorithm database. So it all happens, you know, within our environment. Yeah. So it does require some setup, yeah. but it, but what it does is give you instant carbon footprint yeah. on every single estimate. Yeah. Push beyond that reporting capabilities. And then and then yeah. moving to reporting, you know, yeah. you know, the reporting suites, you know, that are available are really the piece that allows a printer A to share that reporting with their customers. Yeah. And that goes back to the point yeah. I made earlier that customers are asking for this data. Yeah. So therefore you have the data and you can share yeah. it back with your customers. But it also now you know allows printers to look at holistically what's happening. So yeah. if I print a job lithographically versus the same specification printed digitally, mm-hmm. You know, what's the financial impact of the two, which is always a question I'm sure it's asked now, but what actually is the carbon impact? Yeah. A digital press has a lower carbon footprint than a LIFO press, just yeah. use less energy, basically. Yeah. So, but you could also look at paper. You could choose different types of paper. Yeah. You know, some papers have a high carbon footprint, some have a lower carbon footprint. So, so there's all sorts of ways that, you know, a printer can use that data through the reporting set to look back retrospectively of what's happening and then make decisions. So yeah. Do we change our courier? Do we, do we, you know, install solar? Yeah. Do we change the envelope type? What yeah. about moving from one pallet type to another pallet type? Yeah. All yeah. of those things feed into a lower carbon Yeah, yeah. so then, then it, come, it, it sounds like it becomes about not just monumental changes, but kind of micro changes as well that... Yep. That, that start to compound into into having bigger impacts. Yep. So, as well, I guess we, we talked about, and we have touched upon this right now, how the organisations would then share that carbon footprint, that baseline. Yep. And then, so that would be maybe something you'd, you'd add to your website or... Yep. Yeah, your, it feeds very nicely yeah. into any, any printing company that is managing the carbon effectively. Yeah. Any printing company yeah. that can publish a carbon footprint mm. via a fast and estimate, yeah. they will use that in their marketing. Yeah. It becomes a USP, as we said earlier. Um, that that information yeah. should be part of their pitch to their customers. Yeah. It should be on their website. It should be on their presentations. We actually provide a label, yeah. you know, a labeling system that 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 allows you know businesses either to put the label on the printing job to yeah. say the carbon footprint of this job is X, Y, or Z, yeah. um, but equally they could put it onto their website and they could talk about the carbon footprint as an organisation. Yeah, and I think what's, what, what the key difference here is, like what you talked about before, you know, like Google, Sainsbury's carbon, or Tesco's mm-hmm. carbon, or Marks and Spain, whatever, the, the key difference here is we're not talking about what they refer to as like corporate greenwashing now, are we? Yeah. It's a number. Again, it's a change narrative because you are yeah. you're specifying this is our baseline, and then this is our plan, or you know, yeah. this is what we're going to do to reduce that. It's very simple. It's a size number, yeah. Yeah. and and if it was a thousand in twenty twenty one, yeah, and now it's nine hundred and fifty. Guess what? You've reduced, yeah, and then it needs to be nine hundred, yeah. Then it needs to be eight hundred. That is scientifically shown. It reduces, yeah. and to have it certified and verified by a third party helps. Yeah, 
and I think so that that probably leads on to part of the the next step that mm -hmm. um, uh, that you would help a business do okay. is kind of working out. Okay, we've got the baseline. Yep. We now, how do we reduce how that? Do we do it, yeah. Is that something that you help? Yeah, that we do. Yeah, you know, like a, yeah. To set objectives and absolutely, yeah. So everything we do is is in a consultative way, but you know, clearly would say that. But absolutely, it's a very important part of understanding how you decarbonize. What actually can I do? Mm. And I've said a couple of times, there are things that are really complex and things that can be expensive yeah. that may take a long time. Yeah. That's why you've got a 10 year plan. Yeah. Equally, there are lots of really small, easy mm. things to do. Mm. And a great example of it, we were, we were dealing with a customer recently actually, and lots of their staff drive in to the office and they only do like two or three miles. Mm. So what they, um, they're gonna start doing is allow their staff to buy bicycles, yeah. to cycle to work scheme, yeah. which is absolutely just a brilliant idea. Yeah. It's good for wellbeing, clearly, yeah. it's good for health, it's good for you know, staff engagement. Yeah. But by the way, it really reduces the carbon footprint because yeah. they're driving two, you know, two miles in and two miles out in cars. It has a material impact. So yeah. things like that are quite simple. You know, are they going to change the, you know, entirely change the carbon footprint of the company? No. Yeah. But lots of things that are small. When you blend all of that into a ten-year plan, mm. you ultimately move into a, you know, a business that's decarbonising. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And that, that, that's uh, just a, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Wow, uh, Dominic, I, I feel like I could sit here and talk yeah. for hours about this, this, this subject, subject yeah. and it's it's clear how passionate you are about this and, and the drive that you've got um, to educate the industry about it. Yeah. Uh, I love it, I love it. But yeah, so thank you very much for uh, for joining us thank today, you. Uh, Dominic. I really enjoyed talking about that and um, we'll put your contact details in the show notes as well so if people want to reach out to you and find out a bit more about it than they can do or you know, get in touch with us. Um, so yeah, hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Inspire Podcast. If you have, then please don't forget to like, comment and share. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. You've been listening to the Inspire Podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.